just have to pick him up the right way and click him. <laughs> you clicked a... Welcome to Dunstan Checks Min. This is the podcast. Wait, how does this start? This is the best podcast. This is the best podcast. Period. End of sentence. We discuss the 1996 ape film Dunstan Checks In minute by minute, and we pair each one of those minutes with a feature film. Yes. I'm Emily Monkeytown. I'm Lord Andrew. I'm dropping the Rutledge. Dropping the Rutledge. Wow. Yeah. And historic moment in the history of this show. Yeah. Fans, add this to the wiki that I know (laughs) exists. Remember in Super Mario Brothers when we wanted a wiki and what, who was in the room with us? I have no idea what you're talking about. See, this is why we need the wiki. <laughs> it was a really, I thought it was a really good bit where it's, we addressed the Doug in the room. There was someone in the room what with the us. What the fuck are you talking about? It was about? really funny. It was a, it was really good stuff. Yeah, Go check out Super while, Mario Brothers. <laughs> someone who listens to my podcast will will reference one of my own bits at me. Mm-hmm. And obviously I have no idea what they're talking about because I forget everything I say the second it comes out of my mouth. Yeah. I never I never thought my own co-host would do it to me. <laughs> I mean, I uh, I feel like I, I at least get a second run because when I edit, when I edit listen. Them. Yeah. Uh, so I have a slightly better chance of remembering bits, but I don't remember who it was that was we joked was a character who was in the room with us. And never spoke. It was really funny. But who maintained the wiki? Well, no. Who was? It was part of whatever our joke was in that moment. Okay. Yeah. What minute are we talking about today? Minute twenty-eight. And what movie is that paired with? And who picked it? You picked it. And tell us what it is. I paired it with Homeward Bound: The Incredible Journey. Yes. That's a complicated title. Yeah. Uh, especially considering I had to make sure the first time that I had it right because there's a sequel. Homeward Bound 2, Lost in San Francisco. Yeah, which also I watched a lot in my childhood. Sure. Uh, We'll get to... Your fucking dork, dork dork-ass bitch. Yeah, that's what you would watch. (laughs) I'm a Disney fool. Were these Disney Disney. Yeah. Okay. This was from Disney Home Video. I didn't the logo when I watched this one. It was also a remake. I never knew that. That's why it has a weird title, because the original was called The Incredible Journey. So they wanted okay. to keep that title, but, but they also wanted, wanted to throw something new on there. They wanted people to know that the dogs made it. Do you think Homeward Bound necessarily Im- implies that they make it? I mean, there's also the sequels, so they make it. <laughs> True, but when this movie came out, they didn't know there was going to be a sequel. And it's in the you know trailers for dog movies always show the dogs making it. Do they? Yeah. What about in Mar- the trailer for Marley and Me? Well, the do- they show the dog dying in the trailer. Do they? Yeah, I'm sure they do. I don't think they do. I'm 100% certain that will, they do. Do you want to make a bet? A uh, classic Emily Andrew bet? going to be one of our bet? classic bets. What was our other bet? It was about the length of the, the new Mario movie. Yeah. And the winner, the loser has to do a solo commentary of Dunstan Checks In. Yeah. I forget what what, our, what that exact bet was. Uh... I believe we did name David King the official keeper of that bet. So we he, named David King the keeper? Because I believe he was the guest on that episode. I thought that was the episode with Lilith. Oh, Lilith might have been. It was. We had a guest. Yeah. Have we had David on yet? I don't think so. Are we going to have him on during? We can talk sure. about this off Yeah, Broadway. we can talk about that off-Broadway. I think he, he is the keeper of one of our bets. I'm certain of it. It might be an older one. Yeah, which one is he the keeper of? He's definitely a keeper of one of our... Because I think you are. Lilith is the keeper of that bet, but he, David King is the keeper of another bet of ours. We got to watch out. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but what do you... Okay. I would say it's any of the trailers. 
Okay. You you can't limit me on trailers. Okay. Any of the theatrical trailers. Okay. I would like to apply that one. Yeah, sure. Okay. Okay. What's the wager? I don't know. <laughs> oh, God. What does the loser have to do? Uh, I think it has to do... We should have it do with our... I mean, there's always... We could always do the thing where the winner gets an additional veto. Yeah, I like that one. You want to do that? Yeah. Okay. Neither of us has used a veto yet. Yeah. Okay. So winner of this bet gets an additional veto. That works for me. Okay. Uh, find the results on... Maybe not the next... Oh, well, yeah, the next episode. No, oh, maybe. Because we're not going to record the next episode today. Are we? We're not, because okay. I haven't watched the next movie. Right? Oh, for we God's might, sake. But we might record a different... I'm not... Listen. Time is a flat circle. Time is a... Time is... Um, it's a crushed can of beer. Sure. That's from the show, too. All the stuff came spilling out. <laughs> okay. Uh, so this minute starts with uh, Dunstan looks up. Mm-hmm. He's on the ledge of the building. He's just pulled off his heist. Yeah. Uh, he's become distracted by a dog walk yes. that is occurring on the roof or some some kind of patio area. And he's not the only furry creature that's become distracted. Yeah. So we have Kyle walking Neil. Uh, Neil, the dog child of Mr. Spaulding. Correct. Lionel Spaulding. Yeah. Uh, Neil senses another creature. Yes. Starts barking. Yes. Then runs for it. Takes off. Kyle's not ready. Rips the leash out of Kyle's hands and mm-hmm. sends him tumbling to the ground. And I do mean tumble because he does do a spin. Yeah. And then Neil just goes off the edge of the building. Yeah. Now, in my, in my experience, dogs have a stronger preservation instinct than that. Yeah. I, I, I would I hope so. I don't, I don't mean to suggest that Dunstan Jackson is, is not the most realistic film. Yeah. But I, that, that does not track to me as someone with a lot of experience with dogs. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think it's... Because uh, the other know. thing is, too, Neil definitely stops and looks before he jumps. <laughs> yeah. You think the dog actor, is that's his mo- movement? <laughs> he's, like, he's like, look, I don't know about this. Yeah. And the trainer's just like, just jump. <laughs> I mean, I think dogs generally look before they leap. They, they, they know they're familiar with proverbs. Mm-hmm. Well, and then there's. Which I mean, all dogs have read the Bible. Bibles, yes, of course. Uh, th- there's a comedic moment where Neil goes flying past Dunstan. Yeah, and Dunstan. Well, he does it after. Yeah. And then he goes flying past the window. Yes. Of Lionel Spaulding. Yeah. Who is, I, I think, again, they're hoping comedically reading a book entitled "When Bad Things Happen to Good People." Yes. Which is, that's kind of the bit of Who this character. Who is a good person in this scenario? What do you mean? This, the title of this book is making a comment on the situation. On the situation we're seeing. Yeah. Uh-huh. So we know the bad thing is Neil falling off a building. Yeah. Who is the good person? Mr. Spaulding. Is it? Yeah. Do you think he's a good person? Well, no, I think, I think maybe, yeah, I haven't seen anything to him Anything him do wrong, bad? I think he was very rude to the staff when he first entered the hotel. Well, I think a lot of people in this movie are rude to the staff, <laughs> including Mr. Grant. You don't think Kyle is the good person in question? No, definitely not. <laughs> Kyle is not a good person. He's an irredeemable child. I think Kyle is a better person than Lionel Spaulding. I think it's part of the ongoing gag as this movie goes on. Mr. Spaulding has increasingly bad things happen to him. He's also rude to Kyle before the walk, though. Yeah. I do not feel comfortable calling Lionel Spaulding a good person. I think the movie's trying to make that argument that that's 
the it is it is it is part the of the punchline. As bad things keep adding to him, a yes. good person. Yes. I I mean I think if anything I think take, that I think that may be the case, but if so, I think it's I think it's a poorly executed punchline because I don't I don't my experience with Lionel Spalding is not that he's a good person. Well, and I think we so we know that he is the secret chopper. Yes, we the people. The viewer. Well, at, at this point in the film, do we know that for sure? I don't know. You've received a text message. I have my, my iPad. It's so funny. We we were watching the uh, the minute on the iPad. Yeah. And so the iPad is still out. My iPad is somehow connected to my phone. Yeah. In a way that I never understand. Now, did you do you know who that was who texted you? Yes. Because it didn't say a name; it just said a phone number. Yeah, because I don't have my contacts synced on this iPad because I don't understand it. So, so the text transfer from your phone, but the contacts don't. Yeah. That's bizarre. I this is why I don't understand it. <laughs> I only knew because of the context of what I read. Of the text message. Yeah. Okay. And it had an image attached. I can show well, you. It had I, an emoji attached. No, it's an image. It's it's going to be very cute. Do you okay. want to see? Well, okay. Well, I think we need to explain to the listener what's happening if if you if you want to go forward with this. Yeah. You can describe what you're seeing. Okay. So the text I saw was she's back on the bar card again. Uh-huh. And what I'm seeing here is that is your dog Sadie? Yes. Um, she is just sort of cooling out on the bottom shelf of like a, a wheeled cart. It is very adorable. I think perhaps because it's in a sunbeam. I think as I assume is why she's doing that. Yeah. Um, that yeah, that's a very cute image. Yeah. If y'all want to see pictures of Angie's dog Sadie, she's very adorable. You can get up in the Dunstan Checksman <laughs> Discord. He sometimes posts pictures of her there. Yes. Uh. So my my whole. Point. It, okay, you're right. At this point, I don't know if the audience knows that Spalding is the, the secret, secret shopper, shopper. Yeah. but it is c- because at the beginning, the way that it goes, we're made to think that it is um, Lord Rutledge. Yes, but that's only because Mrs. Dubrow said so. Yeah, uh, and so they really don't suspect Spalding at all. Yeah, I mean, you think right from the beginning he's trying to check in the hotel and he gets knocked into the fountain yeah. and then and then loses his dog yeah that's kind of sad that's a bad thing and he's not bad yet i i feel like he was rude he before. was bad from the word go yeah wow uh all right wait i have a question yeah how do you think this arrangement between uh lionel spaulding and kyle came about oh it's neither of them were knew the other was involved okay who set it up mr, mr. Grant. grant why because he's trying to get his kids a little extra money. He's trying to get him, you know, is working around the hotel. Is this something Mr. Grant specifically offered Lionel Spalding? Is this something that is known to all guests if they have a pet that uh, someone will walk their dog for them? I think this is specifically for Lionel Spalding okay. because of the trouble okay. at the beginning. Okay. Uh, and I think because I think this also might be a twofold partial punishment for Kyle because he was part of the mess. That screwed up Lionel Spaulding. Okay, so let's say Kyle hadn't been part of that mess. Do you think a, a bellman would be doing this job right now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that's highly probable. Okay. And in fact, I think... Um, who's the other boy? Brian? I think Brian's supposed to be helping. 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 But he has skipped out. Yeah, he's looking for those French girls. Mm-hmm. So I think he really... Brian has left Kyle in a lurch. Okay. And uh, he's not going to be able to get, get him out of it. Okay. My, my, my questions have been, I'm satisfied. <laughs> uh, so then this is where we cut back to Dunstan. He does a face palm. Mm-hmm. 
uh, Kyle cries out for Neil. Neil's in the dumpster. Neil lands in the garbage. Like an action star. Yeah. Who's made a good landing in a dumpster. Yes. Except now he's dirty. Do you think a small dog would survive this fall, even with landing in a dumpster? I'm trying to gauge how many stories it is. Yeah. Because a dumpster would be presumably street level. It could be higher up for some reason. I I believe... A, it would be street level generally, and I believe from that from the shot we see of it, it appears to me to be street level. Yeah, so that's at least six to eight stories. Well, you, you counted the floors in earlier minutes, so you know, don't you? Well, that's uh, assuming that the, the movie is following along that I am following I will along. hold the movie to its own standards. Because... So yes. Because uh, what floor is... Lord Rutledge staying on. Then I think it could be eight, eight or eight to ten yeah, because I, that's what I think six is. is where Rutledge is, and, then and that's the same where, level as where Neil is. Yeah, Neil, uh, Neil and Spalding. Yeah, and eight is where Mrs. Delacroce is. Yes, and Dunstan goes up at least two levels above eight to get to where they are. Yeah. having the walk. I don't know that he goes up at least two levels. I, I I think it's possible that he goes up just one level from Mrs. Delacroce's room. That's possible. But it's still, it's like, like that sidewalk there. Nine to ten, that's crazy. Yeah, and then he lands all the way down there. He's lucky to be alive. Yeah, not then uninjured. Yeah, and just dirty. What a spectacular dog. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Yeah. So then we have something strange happen. Yes. Dunstan makes himself known, makes his presence known. Yeah. Appears before Kyle. Give him a little kiss. It gives him a kiss. Yeah. This is, he's mimicking here the Planet of the Apes moment. Oh, is he? Because he saw that kiss earlier. He saw a human okay, ape so you, kiss. Okay, so you believe that is what is happening. Yeah, and he's like, I've never been this close to a, a human that I want to kiss. So you... Dunstan wants to kiss Kyle. He does it. <laughs> and then he escapes. He does kiss Kyle. I agree. I mean, that happens. That's in the text. Um <laughs> And he must want to, because he just goes for it. Yeah, it's. I'm not gonna say it's not bizarre. Yeah, I think, but I think you know, animals animals show affection by kissing humans. I don't. I don't think it's a romantic or sexual thing, which it seems to me like you're implying from your tone of voice. He I, he seems like he grabs Kyle. He's mimicking the Planet of the Apes scene. I don't think he grabs Kyle. I think he. I think his his hands stay on the ledge, and he just uses the ledge to pull himself up to kiss Kyle. Either way, I don't think it's... I think it could be easy to claim that it's an escape tactic. I don't think that's the case at all. I think That it's just, a distraction? I don't think that's the case either. I think he's just showing a little affection. I, but why? Well, why does, why does a dog lick your face? Like For food? For, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I think part of it is the salt and in in our, in the oils on our skin. Yeah. But it's all... I mean, it is also to show affection. I, 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 th- I think... My interpretation was that Dunstan was just showing a little bit of affection in the same way as like a dog licking your face. So do you think Dunstan recognizes Kyle as the boy who tapped on his box earlier and the boy from the hall when he was climbing the climbing the side of the building? Yes. He recognizes him as all of those things. Yes. He's he's like, this is the boy that I that I tapped on the box with. We we rewatched that part of the minute on mute just now. And I will say I was correct. He does grab the ledge to pull himself up. He does not touch. Kyle accept with his lips. All right. Because Kyle's shirt does seem, the collar seems extremely loose uh, after that moment. Stress. <laughs> I think he was doing a little, old, you a little know that Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah. I don't know. His collar just seems way too loose. 
I thought it was from monkey grabbing. That's all that I could figure. No. Oh, it still looks loose here at the beginning before it even yeah. gets monkey grabbed. He's. All, I, I think Kyle's clothes generally look a little loose. The, his hat is too big for him, I will say as well. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so then Kyle is nervous after this kiss. He looks over the ledge. No, no Dunstan to be seen. Nothing to be seen. Yeah. He doesn't know what's just happened. He knows he's going to have to go down and get Neil. Yeah. It's going to take longer than the 10 minutes that Mr. Spaulding said to, to take in. I would also be worried about Neil getting out of that dumpster and running away. Yeah. Because Neil does seem very mobile as soon as yeah. he realizes he can get out of the dumpster. Yeah. Then, then the next thing we see is we're at room 612. Mr. Spaulding answers. He's still in his robe. Yeah. And there's Kyle holding Neil still with like a banana peel on his ear. Yeah, you could have taken the banana peel off Kyle. Now, okay, so banana peel's on his head. There's something on his ear. Let's talk about what's on Onion? his ear. Onion ring? I'm, I Thank God you've suggested <laughs> something other than what it looked like to me. Don't. Do you know what it looks like to me? Look, first apologize to the children and then say it. <laughs> I would like to apologize to any children listening. And if there are children listening, I would encourage you to just take off those headphones or plug your ears right now. I It looked like a condom to me. Yeah, I knew you were going to say it. I knew you were going to say okay, it. If you knew I was going to say it, that means that you saw it too. Well, because you said, thank God you said onion. And I was like, what else is... Oh, no, she didn't. <laughs> okay, it's a it's a circular thing with that looks like sort of with white liquid... As part of it. Yeah, it looks white and gooey. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what am I to assume? I immediately thought onion, so I don't know. That I'm, onion I'm, is also classic to me, like smelly dumpster thing that see, you can put on a dog. And maybe I'm just used to more adult-oriented properties, <laughs> but to me, when I think of like classic smelly, bad dumpster trash contents, used used condom is, is yeah. up in the top five, at least. Now, why do you think Kyle didn't even try to clean the dog? What what, what do you think went through Kyle's head? He's I just like, I got to get this dog back? Maybe. I think that, I think <clears throat> Kyle maybe just kind of sucks and is not good at things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is definitely <laughs> a thing where I think he's never had to walk a dog before. Yeah. And that's why it, this is a special thing that he's supposed to do just for Mr. Spaulding. Yeah. Uh, so Mr. Spalding says, my God, what happened? Yeah. Um, Kyle says, well, yeah, <laughs> just like, what are you going to say after that? Yeah. Your dog jumped off the roof after a monkey. Yeah. Because he does later in a later minute, he knows he saw a monkey. Yeah. Um, Doesn't so he then at one point he thinks it's maybe a Sasquatch. Yeah. <laughs> I think he definitely does think it's a Sasquatch. Uh, so then Mr. Spalding says, Neil, he kind of like, uh, you know, checks his dog a little bit. And then he looks back at Kyle and says, and what are you waiting for? I should also say that Kyle is very dirty, which seems to imply to me that Neil didn't go anywhere. Yeah. And that Kyle did have to get into the dumpster. Like fully him. in the dumpster. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then Kyle just says, uh, which to me is very much like an uh that Mr. Grant said in an earlier minute. Okay. I like this father and son. You think it uh, runs in the family? Yeah. yeah. The uh runs in the family. Sure. Uh, so then the door slams. Uh, well, Mr. Spalding slams the door on him. Yeah. And the last thing we hear is, I guess, Kyle's response. That's all we hear. That's all we hear. Now, we've gotten through this whole minute and we have not talked about Homeward Bound, the oh, incredible shit. journey. I, sometimes I forget to do that. <laughs> uh, we, we were talking about dogs in peril. So, dogs in peril. Yeah. I figured... There's a moment when, I mean, I guess it's not a dog, but there's a moment when one of the animals in Homeward Bound falls from a great distance. Yeah. 
The cat. Yeah. Sassy. Sassy. Played by Sally Field. Sassy Sally Field herself. So you never watched this movie before, Homeward Bound. This was the first time I'd ever seen it. Mm -hmm. And you were upset by it. I'm sorry. Well, I did cry twice (laughs) during the film. Mm -hmm. Of course. Because if I'm watching a movie about animals, I'm going to cry. Yeah. Um, I also didn't think it was very good. (laughs) I didn't think it was a very good film. It's... It's just a silly dog movie. Sure. We got uh, Sally Field mm-hmm. as Sassy the cat. Yeah. Michael J. Fox. Yeah. As Chance. As Chance. The new bulldog. Uh, I would, it looked like maybe a, a, a pit mix, I would say. He's like new to the family. Yeah. Uh, and and then, then we got Shadow, uh-huh. played by the great the Don Amici. Amici. Yeah. Now, Don Amici is like a name I recognize as being like an old Hollywood name, but I don't actually really have an idea who. who he was is. in the cocoons. Oh sure. I think he won an Oscar for one of them. I believe it. That's why they made a second one. Yeah. Uh, well, when they by the time they made the sequel, uh, Don Amici had passed. I think he passed before or oh, no. very shortly after the first one came out. Uh, but that's all that I remember. Hey, did you know the director of this movie um, was was part of the editing team on Empire Strikes Back? Oh, that's cool. I just found that out. The Oh, the director on this movie directed other things that you know, like other Disney Channel films, I think I recall. Oh, well, yeah. He directed Little Giants, which uh, one of my favorite movies as a kid. Mm-hmm. And pro- quite possibly a future pick in this. It's the it's the football one. You, yes. think of, you think of Big Green. You think of Mighty Ducks. You don't always think of Little Giants. I'll tell you, Little Giants to me is... Firmly above Mighty Ducks. Wow. I don't even, I don't know for sure that I have seen Mighty Ducks, if I'm being honest. Wow. Yeah. Wow. To me, like, Little Giants, Little Giants might be my number one of those kids' sports movies. It's Rick Moranis and. Um, what's his name? Ed O'Neill. Ed O'Neill. It's Rick Moranis. That's a good, that's a good pairing. It's a good ass pairing. Yeah. I think it was also big in my family because it was the Little Giants, so there was a, a like a Pee Wee football team who were the the Giants, mm-hmm. and the enemy team was the Cowboys, which is my mom's favorite team. So oh, perhaps okay. that was why. All right. Got some play in our house. But mm-hmm. I was a huge, huge... I, I, y'all know me. You know I love Rick Moranis. Yeah. So I think that was part of it, too. That movie's good as hell. Mm-hmm. Icebox? Come on. That's one of the characters' names. Uh, the annexation of Puerto Rico? Their big play? Oh, my God. What a good movie. Uh, but Homeward Bound. Yeah. Uh, the whole movie is about the three dogs that you know, the three dogs. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Two dogs and a cat. Yes. Um, the family it's so the whole situation always struck me as weird as a kid Yeah. because the family is temporarily moving to San Francisco for the father's job. Can I yeah. say this? Huh. I fucking hated this family, especially the adults, but I didn't love the kids either. Yeah. They're just like the epitome of like shitty rich white people, I think. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. And especially the whole idea that each of them has their own animal. Yeah. That always to me feels like well, it's it's a family dog. Like you don't. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't think of animals that way when they're owned by a family, but maybe that's more common than I know. Yeah. I well, I think for little kids, mm. it's weird because like when in my in in my household, like we have like uh, me and my sister were both still living at home, and we each had a pet that was ours. But that that was because, you know, that Nucky came with me when I moved out. Yeah. So there was you know, there know. was an extra tie there. Uh huh. But yeah, I I just and especially the way that Chance is like the youngest boy's dog that boy can't keep take yeah care that boy can't take care of that dog yeah he's way too young he's smaller than the dog yeah 
And the dog is very untrained. Yes. Like, I didn't understand. I was like, this. why do they have this very untrained dog? <laughs> it's like a wedding. It's a very important event. You have this dog just running around. Yeah. I don't know. Dog ruins the cake. It's true. It's a, it's a whole thing. Yeah. But Michael J. Fox, great. Sure. B- good performance overall. Mm, I like Michael J. Fox. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that I would call this one of his best performances. Um, I, w- I felt like he was phoning it in a little to me, if I'm being honest. Well, I, I guess that's hard not to do when you're voice acting a dog. Well, not just voice acting a dog, but like a lot of his dialogue specifically felt like just like the most generic version of like dog dialogue. Yeah. This is also one of those um, movies that came out before the, the whole thing of CGI dog lips. Sure. So Which is maybe better. I don't know that the CGI dog lips it wasn't improvement necessarily. I I mean sometimes it looks bad and I don't like looking at it. Yeah. So in this case they just all their words are being said but the word often their lips just aren't moving at all. Yeah, well it's not and it's almost implied that is it a psychic connection? Is it Yeah, I don't know. Is it supposed to be this is the like an interpreter is watching their movements and saying this is what they would be saying? Let me ask you this. Yeah. How often do you think about um, the one scene in Billy Madison, the Adam Sandler film, where it's not related to the scene at all, but mm. the scene just opens with Billy watching a TV show, and then the last line before the credits is a dog, and uh, is kind of half barking, half speaking, and he says, speak for yourself, moron. And Billy laughs uproariously and says, oh my God, that's hilarious. And then the scene just continues on and it's a normal scene. I never think about that ever. I think about that scene quite a bit. Okay. Um, if anyone can track down what that TV show Billy was watching is, I would love to see the full context of that. Do you episode. think it was a real TV show? Yes. Okay. I've seen... there. I've Listen, I've gone deep on this and I've seen some forums. <laughs> I, I, I think people do know the name of the show. It's just that copies of it are very hard to come by. <clears throat> Maybe I should drop by the Paley Center, see if they have a copy. You should drop by the Paley Center. It's a great place. I think part of the problem is that also is that it's a Canadian show. Oh, okay. That, that'll hurt you. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I think about this a lot where it's the idea that... They don't go for peanut butter either, which was a typical pre-CGI option. Yes. It's just... Well, okay. So from what I read, the original uh, that this is based on... Yeah. There is no dialogue. It's all narration. Interesting. So I think what they're doing is they're taking narration and pretending it's dialogue or tweaking it to making it more dialogue-like. Yeah. Um, and it just that's why a lot of the lines, I think, come off a little stilted. Yeah. Um, but also, I think that's why they don't really concern themselves with whether or not these animals are actually speaking to each other. Yeah. Because it appears that they understand English at times. And yet when the family's like, we're going to go on a trip, we'll be back later, they have no fucking clue what that yeah. means. Like the all the dogs and cats are just like, uh, they're, go- they're leaving forever? Yeah, they don't understand that. And then at the very end of the movie, there's like a line where it's like, oh, you're home. And the dog is like, home? We're home. Yeah. It's like, now you understand? It's inconsistent. It's very inconsistent. Yeah. But I think for a, for a child, that's it sticks in my brain as animals in peril in, in a movie. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But they make it out. It's fine. Yeah. And that's this minute as well. Okay. Neil goes on an incredible journey. From the top, from the 10th floor to the trash can. Yeah. And then he makes it back. Yeah. He makes it home. All right. So that's, that was it. That was that was my connection. Okay. I hope it satisfied you. Yeah. Anything um, else you'd like to say? No, I think that about 
wraps it up for this minute, minute 28 of Dunstan Checks In. What do you want to say for your next minute is you choose pick. Our next minute for minute. Vont neuf. Yeah. 29 for our English speaking friends. <laughs> um, it's going to be the Robin Williams classic one hour photo. Wow. You call it a classic i remember not liking that movie (laughs) great (laughs) i'm great looking forward to us talking about that have you ever seen it uh no okay no it's something it's a movie for sure all right then uh so you can find me at other podcasts such as nothing new a remake podcast uh there'll be a a new episode very soon where uh, uh, uh we're talking about dumbo Dumbo, Dumbo, the little flying elephant. Is that song in the film? No, it is not. Wow. I'm surprised they cut that one. Yeah, it seems like that's a key part of the film. Uh, and in that episode, we actually have uh, special guests David King and Kayla Berry uh, from Animusings, yeah. the Disney podcast on the Benview Network, <laughs> to talk about the Disney remake David on King the remake podcast. David King getting a lot of play today on this episode. Yeah. <laughs> well, he is, he's the arbitrator of one of our bets that we, we don't can, know. We cannot recall. Uh, but go ahead and check out Nothing New, uh, com slash Nothing New. Uh, and also check out, it's on my list, it's on my list, pod.com. Uh, every month uh, we talk about movies that people say should be on your list. Uh, so go check that out. Uh, and then you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Podcaster Andrew. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram and Twitch at Very Cool Emily. Um, this episode is going up today, right? Today-ish. So if you're listening to this, Get ready for a late night Twitch stream, 11 p.m. on Thursday. Thursday, I don't get to plug specific things often, so this is a fun opportunity that will probably be useless to most people when they listen to this. Mm -hmm. Thursday, April 11th, 11 p.m. PST, I'll be doing some late night sin in Dark Souls 3 on Twitch TV (coughs) slash Very Cool Emily. Very Cool Emily is my handle everywhere. You can support us on Patreon, Dunstan Checksman slash Dunstan. Nope, that can't be right. Dunstan, nope. Patreon.com slash Dunstan. Yeah. Dunstan's with an O. Rate and review us on iTunes. Give us five stars. Okay. And here's what I need you to do. Oh, here we go. (laughs) I want you to, if you're not familiar, Google it. I want you to tell me what is the sexiest thing about Christopher Lee's Dracula. Okay. And this is inspired by the fact that there is a picture of Christopher Lee's Dracula in the room. Um, Very good. But just look up a picture of Christopher Lee as Dracula if you haven't seen the film. And tell us, what what about his appearance do you think is most appealing? You don't have to do sexiest if you're not comfortable with that. Um, But I can't imagine a world in which you find his appearance unappealing. So just describe what about his appearance you find appealing. I guess. And, and give us five stars. I guess until next week, then we're checking out. Feeding peckish this midnight? Seat your appetite for terror and reserve your ears for a feast of the sound. The Midnight Marinara podcast is here for you, intrepid listener. We sample only the finest in sinister stories and, quoting them with our own unique spooky sauce, present them to you as eerie audio dramas. Tune in as Midnight Marinara sends shivers of fear and spasms of laughter through you. Bon appétit. <laughs> <laughs>
This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.